Welcome to Get to the Point. I'm your host, Jessica Spahn, and I'm excited today to bring you a show highlighting the importance of recreation and community, brought to you by The Keller Point. Join us each episode and be inspired as we bring you conversations with community leaders who share their experiences, expertise, and explore the role that recreation plays in sustaining well-being and success. What are we waiting for? Let's get to the point. Welcome to Get to the Point. I'm your host, Jessica Spawn, and I have two very special guests today. I have Lori Cerami from Swim for Elise Foundation, as well as Carly Duncan, one of the Keller Points Aquatics Specialists. I guess yep. the Keller Points. Yep, there's only, only one. one. There's only one. It's her. So we have a special show for you guys. We're going to talk about Fit City. We're going to talk about Swim for Elise, and we're going to talk about water safety. So I'd like to kick it off and start with Lori and kind of just chat real quick about how did I meet you again? Where did like we connect? I forget. You just appeared. I did. Yes. Is that how it worked? Yes. You appeared. <laughs> I manifested uh, myself. At the, <laughs> you appeared in Keller at the um, packet pickup. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were outside of one of our title sponsors. Yeah. Um, we have two title sponsors. We have Cornerstone uh, Wealth okay. yeah, yeah. Strategies, and we also have the Little Gem. So I have been there. Yes. Little Gem okay. Keller yeah, yeah. was our title sponsor last year and co-title sponsor title sponsor again this okay. year. And we have our packet pickup for the run for Elise yeah. event. And that is one of our packet pickup locations. Okay. So that's where you appeared. Yeah. And then we started talking and you the shared, yeah, you shared that you had once been a lifeguard. But yeah, briefly. I was more of a swim coach slash certified to be a lifeguard. Being a lifeguard is very serious and it stressed me out. So I didn't like it. Yes. And I think my story <laughs> with my daughter, Elise, um, and the foundation work we do, I think it just uh, touched you in a way that you wanted to do more. Absolutely. And I think it's so part of how we connected was through Fit City. And I remember I was watching something and I saw the South Lake mayor, but he mentioned something about your run or you guys were at like a luncheon together. I don't recall exactly, yes. but I had seen something and I was the like, like chamber luncheon. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, what? There's a run on the final weekend. We should totally end Fit City with this. Yes. So that was super last minute last year. Like not even a week, I think. Yeah, um, I do love the the wrap up video we have has Armin and his yeah, family finishing. His husband race. didn't make it to that. I think he had a commitment with his son for baseball. That sounds fair. Yes, but he has attended every <laughs> single event uh, prior Except to that. For that one. Yeah, and he has been gracious about trying to get our word out about water safety yeah. and the event for for the run. Yeah, um, but. The Swim for Elise Foundation hosts the Run for Elise. Okay. And we do that as our fundraiser, but it's also perfectly aligned with right before things warm up in Texas. Yeah. Because we use the run not only as our fundraiser, we also use our run as a platform okay. to educate the community about water safety. Um, okay. So speaking of water safety, um, earlier you were talking a little bit about um, – what were we talking about? <laughs> we were talking about <laughs> a how lot of things. There are a wonderful rec communities mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. offer Ooh, I remember we're talking water. about water. I, I feel like this yeah. is a you and Carly conversation. Yes, it is. Carly, and Carly, this is perfect I feel for you. Like this yes. Good, yeah, because that's what we were talking about. So Carly, um explain your background, I guess. Yeah. So what oh, where'd you um, come from? So I came from a really small town, okay. uh, Gatesville, Texas. It's like 30 minutes on the outskirts of Waco. Okay. Do they have water there? They do have water there, yes. In the bottle or? <laughs> oh, actually, yeah. No, not a swim team. 
is, oh, if that's really? what you're asking. In my head, I was thinking like, oh yeah, we have a lake or you yeah, know, well that's still open water. Like, so you're, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, I didn't grow up uh, with like a swim team or anything like that, but I did start lifeguarding at 15 at the community pool. Okay. So I've been a seasonal lifeguard for about eight years and full time for about eight months. So that's kind of my history uh, background with aquatics. I love that. So we were talking a little bit about uh, rec centers and responsibility. Right. So another reason the Run for Elise mm -hmm. um, is a platform for water safety is we do give out our scholarships okay. um, at the Run. We do a scholarship recognition ceremony for our um, winners. Okay. And that includes the lifeguard scholarships that we give out. We have camp and we also have college scholarships for swimmers. But this year, uh, one of our big milestones that we will have accomplished is we will have paid for a hundred swimmers Woo! to get their lifeguard certification since 2017. That's awesome. Um, my Daughter, Elise, is the reason our foundation exists. She fatally drowned at swim practice, and it was her teammates that pulled her from the bottom of the pool, mm -hmm. and we felt like they weren't prepared for, for a water yeah. emergency, and we felt like giving them these skills through a lifeguard certification would give them more preparation, yeah. more, more ability to help if there's an emergency in the water. So where Carly kind of comes into this conversation is one of the things I learned as a lifeguard was how it should be a partnership. Right. In uh, watching children in the water, but they are secondary to the primary source mm -hmm. of watching your child in the water, which would be the parent. And mm -hmm. um, I, I hear often of parents on their cell phones while their children are in the water um, and how there's has recently been a number of rescues mm -hmm. in rec pools. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and so I wanted Carly to kind of elaborate on that. Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> so um, a lot of times in lifeguarding, more than we would like, uh, for sure, uh, parents kind of see us and they, th they take it as, oh, we can take a break, right? There is someone else watching our child. And they don't keep in mind that um, a lot of times they are super young children. And you don't want that to be the primary, you know, responder. We are there to be that secondary response if something is slipped. And when we don't have that primary, it does add um, more increased stress and anxiety on the younger guards, for sure. Um, but what's so great about what Lori is doing is she's bringing awareness to being that primary um, watcher, that parent being that primary watcher, yeah. um, which is so great and why I, you know, one of the many reasons I love exactly what Lori's doing. So. The other one that's a little bit different is making the child also responsible in, in our daycare mm -hmm. program that we have. In fact, as of right now, we have 55 daycares already scheduled okay. for our classroom water safety education. That'll be about 6,000 kids this summer. Oh, wow. And the primary message is to go get mom or dad anytime you want to go near the water. Okay. So even at the rec pool, mom or dad should be the water watcher and the kid should be implementing the idea of go get mom or dad before you go near the water. Okay. Um, and so that was the same message that we send throughout the summer in our, our daycare program. And hence, back to the run for lease, we don't charge a single daycare for the service that we provide to these 6,000 kids in our local community. And so the run for lease helps to support that water safety mission mm -hmm. that we have. Okay. Interesting. So um, back to Carly. Yeah. Super passionate about your <laughs> position here. You right. just came to Keller Point eight months ago, right? You yep. just mentioned that. Around that um, time, yeah. Uh, 
tell me more about what you enjoy doing. I mean, um, I think above all, I enjoy teaching the most. Um, the biggest thing I stress is yes, you are coaching and teaching lifeguards, um, you know, physical trainings, but a big part of being a first responder is also training that mental aspect, which is something big that Lori hits on, you know, a lot. A lot of times people don't understand the severity of, you know, uh, situations that could happen around the water until it happens. Um, that's when people then, you know, start to pay it a little bit more attention. Um, yeah. But with the lease, you know, you can't help it but pay immediate attention. And that's what's so great about what Lori is doing for sure. Yeah. I will tell you as a parent of a child that could swim a mile in under 20 minutes, I mean, at least was a competitive swimmer for seven years. I literally thought that once she knew how to swim, she was fine. fine. Yeah. I didn't realize that's when my job began. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that that's when I needed to make sure that there were lifeguards there, that there were people watching that, you know, when I was able to be at her practice that I was watching. Um, unfortunately the practice that she was at was a 6 30 AM practice you know, I was getting ready for work. So you, you can't be at every practice right. of a competitive swimmer who swims more than 20 hours in right. a week. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's important for people to understand that even after your child learns how to swim, the importance of always having a designated and capable mm -hmm. water watcher. It needs mm -hmm. to be somebody that also knows how to swim and that also, you know, has some training in, you know, emergency. Like, can you call 911? Right. Can you grab, you know, the AED? You know, what, what can mm -hmm. you do to help right. the, the situation? And I like too that with your scholarships, you said you're training first first responders, right? Yes. Is that what you call them? Yeah. So one of the things I would love to see pushed out uh, to swim teams across the United mm -hmm. States is what I'm calling the Elise Pre-EAP. So okay. it's before the lifeguards have to initiate the emergency action plan. Can we make people who are in the water educate them on how to be early, early mm -hmm. responders or first, first yeah. responders. Mm -hmm. And it's more of a, um, you know, the E standing for early, um, the A for awareness that there are some things that can cause risk in the water. And then P for prepared, you know, can yeah. you get a coach? Can you help dial 911? Can you go get any of the mm -hmm. emergency equipment? You know, some of these swim team kids might be younger, so I, I'm not anticipating or wanting them to do the rescue and recovery, but I want them to bring it to someone's attention mm -hmm. very quickly. There was a girl in the lane next to my daughter that saw her at about three minutes. Mm -hmm. And at that point, something could have been done. And unfortunately, when she couldn't find someone, it didn't register her to her that, that more should be done or that a real emergency was occurring. And instead she kept swimming. Mm -hmm. And um, without oxygen for four minutes, that is when you have brain damage. Mm -hmm. My daughter wasn't found until about six minutes. And so it really, it, I want to encourage people to act early. Yeah. Um, and that means that you need to be paying attention to mm -hmm. people in the water early. Put your cell phone down you know, put your drink down, um, be attentive. These are the most precious people in your life. Right. They're your children. Mm -hmm. And so I just feel super compelled. Yeah. Similar to you, Carly, I feel so compelled to do something with Elisa's story mm -hmm. that will impact people to recognize that the water safety rules apply to all of us. Right. Um, and with the run for lease, we're able to fund yeah. a lot of that message in the community. Um, the year that Elise drowned, there were 107 children in Texas that okay. fatally drowned. Um, since then, there have only been about 70 to 80. Um, and I know that I'm not the only one <laughs> that is, you know, making yeah. the numbers change. There are a number of other community efforts all over Texas. Um, but I know that 
I know that my daughter's story goes far and wide mm-hmm. in Texas. I hear people sharing her story often, and I do encourage that. And I want people to be able to take her memory and her life and her legacy and do something really good with that. Yeah. On that note, I'm going to tell oh, you about was, really I exciting news. I was about to ask. I was about to say, hey, what about that natatorium? Yes. <laughs> natatorium. I am so thrilled that on August 21st, which is going to be the week of my daughter's 21st birthday, uh-huh. that the Carroll Aquatic Center will be renamed the Elise Cerami Aquatic Center. Um, And so that will definitely help us to continue to really spread her story even farther. Mm -hmm. And I cannot thank the uh, Carroll School Board enough for, you know, acknowledging her and the work that we're doing in the community year after year. Yeah. Um, That's exciting. And then... um... I hear you were in the news recently. Yes, the Star Telegram just recently did <laughs> like the other day. A beautiful, when was yeah. I'm gonna You're pick it up show, here. Yeah. yeah. So we have this beautiful uh, piece here that just hit the print. Um, it's like real. It's paper. it's in color it's and it's cool. paper. It's yeah, paper. and it says years after drowning, South Lake swimmers' legacy lives on. I love and that. you know, it's not just South Lake. We are in. Keller, we're yeah. in Trophy Club, we're in Grapevine, we're in Colleyville, we're we're Texas. all over Tarrant County, yeah. um, trying to really share her story. You know, you can give somebody a rule and they can justify in their mind why it doesn't matter to them or it's mm-hmm. not important to them, it's not relevant. You tell them Elisa's story and they realize, oh, this can happen to even someone who knows how to swim, who's entirely healthy. Yeah. Um, and that's you. You're an entirely healthy person and you're getting in the water and you know how to swim. And now you realize, oh, I should have a water watcher. Mm-hmm. Irregardless, you're only 80% safe in the water when you know how to swim. You need really? someone else uh, overseeing. Even with a life jacket? Life jackets are U.S. Coast Guard approved for boating. Okay. Well, I was only asking because I do stand-up paddle. Yes, I know. And I tell you all the time, (laughs) do you have your life jacket? And I go out by myself rarely, but on occasion. And I don't even get like in the water when I'm out by myself because I'm nervous about it. So life jackets aren't really a learn to swim devices. Right, right. Um, And they put you in a vertical position versus Mm -hmm. a horizontal position. And and swimming is a horizontal position. You want to be able to get to air. Um, So it's just... um, Learning how to swim is a very important skill, and that's going to keep you 80% safe. But knowing uh, that someone is your water watcher, that's going to be your extra added uh, Mm -hmm. safety. I love that. And so I know Carly, with summer coming up, um, we're in the middle of – do we need more? We need more lifeguards, but we're almost done. Like hiring um, them, or we are optimistic we will reach our goal. Right now, we are at 70 lifeguards. Out of um, we are our goal is 100. Okay. Yeah, and we need 80 minimum to okay. run the pool. Oh, that'll um, be, yeah. But with younger kiddos who are still in high school, they don't think about that summer job until the last school's out. Yeah. So. Right. Right. <laughs> so we're kind of banking on um, yeah. them coming out of school and being like, oh, I need to sign up. Well, and so. I love that because this year, the Keller Point has um, our indoor pool and our outdoor pool. Oh, it's going to be open at the same time. Yes. I've never seen both pools operating together. I can't yeah, This will be my first time as well. Right? So. <laughs> but yeah, so you're going to have a training though, right? And then you mm-hmm. had been speaking to Lori about having some yes. her come out. Yeah. So uh, Lori is actually coming out the perfect time. Uh, right when we're getting that new wave of guards coming in, awesome. Lori is going to come in and share her story with the guards. Um, I believe it's super important going into summer that they kind of have that reality check. Um, Because sometimes it it does become, uh, what word am I looking for? Um, Complacent? Complacent. Yeah, exactly. Uh, People become complacent and guards can 
be um, complacent as well. And so I think it's perfect for you to come in and kind of remind um, the seriousness of the situation and um, the seriousness of what can occur if you're not being attentive. So. And it's just not only the person who you think might not know how to swim. Mm-hmm. And so reminding guards uh, to scan the water for all patrons who are in Especially the Especially male right. though, right? Boys are eight <laughs> times. I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah, one of the statistics that I'm always surprised by. Surprised? Yeah, a little. I mean. Um, I guess I'm just surprised by water drowning <laughs> no. statistics, yes. period. Um, because I, I lived in the PSA that once someone knew how to swim, they were drown proof. And that is so far from the mm-hmm. truth. Um, boys are eight times, seven to eight times more likely to drown than girls. Uh, they tend to be a little more adventurous. Mm-hmm. Um, when Stubborn? I, well, when I'm in daycares and I'm teaching the after school kids and I share that statistic, uh, I've had a few girls chime in and say, well, girls are just smarter. Me. Um, you know, the I. The shoe fits. I'm, I don't know. <laughs> I'll wear it. So I do like to at least educate people to be a little more intentional mm-hmm. or around some of the statistics. So traditionally, younger kids, um, ages one to I don't know, five or so are, are slipping into uh, backyard pools. Okay. Mm-hmm. And 80% of backyard pool drownings happen when it's not planned swim time. Um, they are ninjas. And so having barriers to protect them from that pool, mm-hmm. um, a pool is a giant toy. And then we put more t- toys inside mm-hmm. of it. Right. So we're creating this magnetism for our kids to mm-hmm. want to go into the water. So having barriers to protect them from that water is, is I think, also another layer of, of water safety. Yeah. Older children tend to drown in open waters. Okay. And so um, if I'm not mistaken, the statistic is that uh, the drowning rate for uh, at 15 triples in open water, especially for boys. Um, so already in Texas, we've lost 11 children this year to, um, to drowning. And for every one drowning, there's actually five to eight non-fatal okay. drownings. So drowning is like a heart attack. You can have a drowning and still survive. Yeah. Um, you, but you want to be more specific when you use the word drowning and you want to say fatal drowning so okay. that people understand. But even with a non-fatal, you have different neurological impacts mm-hmm. that can affect the child lifelong. Um, so... Prevention. Yeah, that's where we're gonna you know, do our, our our greatest efforts um, in keeping our family safer on water because you can't avoid it. Water's everywhere, and we're gonna have a lot of fun in water. And it's Texas, and it's hot, and so we just need to be. Uh, our behavior needs to be intentional. Yeah. Yes. Um, around water. Exactly. I mean, you couldn't have said it better. So. <laughs> well, and we just had our first in a few years underwater egg hunt. Ah. Uh. How'd that go, Carly? That was on Um, uh, Friday? (laughs) It was definitely a little stressful because the the age range was 3 to 11 years old. So that's pretty young kiddos to be swimming in the pool. And um, kind of tying back to what you were saying earlier about being a water watcher, I actually noticed it at the facility, a couple of parents not being that water watcher. Um, And I did have to... um, I think bring three kiddos to the side who were a little bit distressed because parents trusted their older siblings to watch them, or I just don't know how those chain of events happened, but it did. I think the leadership at the pool is really critical to sending that message to parents Mm -hmm. and reinforcing that with your guards and making sure that the guards know you have their backs. Mm -hmm. If the parents um, get a little uh, frustrated that 
you know, their expectation of what a guard does and what their expectation of being a water watcher. Mm -hmm. Um, So setting that precedence up front that your pool wants parents to be the water Mm -hmm. watcher and the first line of protection for that child. I think that is critical to the success of your program um, and a message that I will help reinforce when I'm there. (laughs) Um, So, and that's the same message for anybody's pool in there. It could be a, a, you know, public pool or private pool. You know, the message is the same. Drowning happens when no one is watching. Yeah, and yeah. a guard can only watch so many people or so many zones at a time, okay. and so it it is important to have that extra layer and that parent watching mm-hmm. is critical. And teaching the child get out of the water if your parent is not watching. I've had people ask me that question all the time when I'm in daycare programs. Well, what if my mom and dad won't watch or aren't watching or step back inside? Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's your responsibility to get out of the water um, and then go get mom or dad. I love it when I get feedback from a parent that child is three and they've heard Elise's story Mm -hmm. and they go home and they tell their parent all about Elise. And then they say, and mommy, you have to watch me in the water. Mm -hmm. That's water safety. So we're teaching the children to be advocates for water safety um, by sharing Elise's story. I love that. And um, so are there any examples as far as setting the precedent that you're mentioning for the parents? Like, when they come into the pool, besides just having, you know, the kids be knowledgeable and whatnot, like Carly was mentioning, that she had a meant to talk to a few of the parents. So Cook's Children's is an amazing sponsor. Okay. And they provide, is that where you're going to go, Carly? Yeah, that's exactly They have a wonderful tool <laughs> mm-hmm. that uh, we share throughout the community. And to date, we will have shared after the summer... 27,000 of these that we have shared in the community and their water watcher bracelets Mm -hmm. along with a water watcher lanyard or a water watcher card Mm -hmm. that the parent can wear on a wristlet. And what we tell kids is that they go together as a water safety partnership. Mm -hmm. And even a three-year-old can understand a partnership Mm -hmm. because partnership is two things that go better together. Mm -hmm. And how many children know that cookies and milk go great together. I was thinking peanut butter and jelly. But peanut yeah. butter and jelly is one, but ice cream and cake are the other. Ooh. So you talk food yeah. to three-year-olds, they all understand yeah. what a partnership is. Two things that go better together. So the child wears the bracelet okay. and it mm-hmm. says, watch me in water. The parent either wears the lanyard or mm-hmm. the wristlet and they go together okay. as a water safety partnership. And the child is supposed to go get those if they ever want to go near the water. And Carly can implement that at her pool yeah. as well. Um, but it becomes a partnership in keeping the child watched in the mm-hmm. water. And it's shared responsibility. The child knows to go get mom or dad if they ever want to go near the water. And the parent knows, I watch you without distraction. So no cell phone, no book, mm-hmm. no drink. Um, in my daughter's case, she had a coach, but the coach was gone for a significant period of time to get their coffee mm-hmm. and was not watching the water. And so regardless, public pool or private pool, you can be that layer of mm-hmm. watching your child and teaching your child to go get them if they ever want to go near the water. I love it. I feel like you're coming at it from every single potential angle. So yes. that it's, there's like no way for it to fail. You know what? You <laughs> should know. expect it to fail. But if you have water watchers in place, lessons in place, uh, survival uh, swim in place, barriers in place, um, CPR training in place, an adult watching in place. If you have all these things in place, one is going to fail. When one fails, you have something else right. in place that will make up for where something didn't go right. right. In my daughter's situation, nothing went right for her that day. Yeah. And um, I want people to know that you can put all these things in place to protect that child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because you don't want to have to live with the weight of grief 
that yeah. our family carries every day. And you can put these things in place. Um, but I'm absolutely confident that my daughter would want us to share her story yeah. in her life so that others could um, enjoy the water yeah. and um, see Safely. that these rules yeah. apply uh, to you. Well, and mentioning your daughter, I was wondering earlier when I put my shirt on from last year, I was just like, oh, so cute. So tell me more about which, why, why, why these words and where it came from. My daughter wrote a poem when she was only nine mm -hmm. and it's, uh, it says, believe in yourself. And so every race shirt, um, I'm wearing a vintage believe shirt. This was our OG. first year. Yeah, so this is our first year. And, um, Elise was a very, um, just wise beyond her years kind of person. Um, she was very inclusive and she was very encouraging of other people. She was the kid that was on the side of the pool cheering for her competitors because she knew if they did well, it pushed her to do better. A hundred percent. Why yes. doesn't everybody understand that? Wow. <laughs> I mean, what she, a way she, to lift a I mean, community of people. she understood life because that is exactly how you right. do life. <laughs> and so she wrote a poem when she was nine and it's called Believe in Yourself. Mm -hmm. And I, I use it as a mantra for myself one of the, uh, she, it's an acoustic and it has the word yourself. And okay. for each one of the lines, uh, it represents, um, the letter. And so, you know, Y stands for you can do it. Yeah. Um, O stands for opportunities. U is use your brain. Um, you know, R is right for wrong and S is share your ideas, yeah. which you are notorious for doing. <laughs> um, but E is excellence and L is live what you think, but F, F is face your problems or face your fears, I guess you could say. And, gosh, I have to talk about my daughter's drowning on a regular basis. Yeah. And that is a tough thing to have to do. But I want to take her tragedy and, and use it for something good. And so the run shirts all say something about believing, believing that you can do tough things, believing that, you know, you make a difference, believing in the impact that you have. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's got to be a shirt that sounds like her, feels like her, or is something that she said, because, um, the shirts, when I see them in the community, um, are like getting a hug from right? heaven. They yeah. really are. I just, I, I love when I see community members wearing them. Yeah. I love seeing them at the race. I feel like it really brings people together to try to take a story and do something really good in the community with it for our children. I love that. Um, well, thanks for talking about such a challenging yeah. topic, I guess, um, mm -hmm. and sharing your life with us. I mean, it was really exciting when I met you last year and I was like, oh yeah, Pit City, yay. So circling back around to that, <laughs> yes. I do want to promote the Fit City challenge because we are actually going to leave uh, yeah. registration open the entire time. Um, the entire time. So until May 14th, so the day after your run, that's right. the last day of Fit City. Right. The run is May 13th. But we're really yeah. encouraging everybody who's participating. And even if you're not participating in Fit City Challenge, Please do sign up for the run and support the Swim for Lease Foundation, which is under Run for Lease. Mm -hmm. It's like a circular. <laughs> I couldn't get people to swim a mile. Okay. So we had to come up with a way to get people to walk a mile. It's called oh Run for Lease. Yes. yes, they do. Okay, yeah. And on that note, they do have a one mile. So you have no excuse. For not doing this. Right. We also have a virtual participant. Yeah. You can so, literally sit yeah. there maybe. I don't know what virtual means. Virtual means that you can be what's called a sleep-in runner and you go. can participate in any time it's convenient for you. Yeah. Within that same week, I do have a friend of mine that actually is uh, – she has a golf tournament that day. Okay. And so they're walking a mile the on the golf course. Okay, that makes and sense. they're virtual participants. So okay. you can find creative ways, you know, to help um, yeah. support this so, cause. Yes. And um, 
I'm pretty confident that, you know, almost almost every child that is in this zip code or the surrounding zip codes hears this story and benefits from the work that we do. So with the community support, we can continue to yeah. offer the service completely free. Absolutely. And so, so if you are doing the challenge or even right. if you're not, there, you have a code. Yeah. FitCity2023 mm-hmm. is the coupon code to get the best price. Mm-hmm. And you can sign up at runforelise.com. It's just the number four. Yeah. Awesome. Carly? Any other thoughts before we wrap up the show? Um, kind of like what you were talking about earlier before we went to promoting um, the 5K. You talked about having um, to talk about um, the drowning on a regular basis and how hard that can be. And I remember when I first uh, met Lori, one of the things that I had asked you was, where do you find that strength? And her response was almost immediate. It was Elise, Elise's passion. I, you live through that and that's how, you know, this foundation is, you know, strives and does so much. And I, I really admire that and I can feel it. I feel like that's why it does so well is because you can feel it. Yeah. Gosh, um, if you could have met her, she was a bundle of energy. Um, and she was that kind of person that just drew you in. Uh, and wanted good things for you. Mm. And Which so, is so rare. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. All the pictures that I have of her, you just see it in her. Yeah. Um, and so I, I just feel compelled. Yeah. When I found out the drowning statistics in, statistics in Texas, I just felt compelled to do something. Um, I just couldn't let it go without making an impact. And I feel like her life and her story does that. That's just the person she was. Yeah. Wow. And it does. And it goes on. And... Um, so runforelise.com is where Run you sign up? Runforelise.com. Okay. Yes. And you can go to our Facebook page, Swim for Elise or Run for Elise. We have them both. And <laughs> you can like our event or uh, mark share going. It, follow yeah, it. Mark going, it. mark interested. Share it. Because um, we're, we're yeah. shooting for 1,000 this year, right? You had 800 yes. last year. Yes. So guys, it'd be really great if we could all get out there and support and get her over 1,000 this year so we can just continue helping her with Elise's legacy right. and keeping kids safe from drowning. So. Right. That would be great. Well, thanks for being on the show. Um, I'm going to do a little wrap up here. I'm going to just say this part and then we'll all say the get to the point part because sure. I, I don't have enough weights today. So what are you waiting for? Get, get to, to the, the point. point.